episode 152. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, Dave? I shouldn't be nervous because we're 152 episodes into this, but you have a new computer, so I am very <laughs> nervous on if anyone outside of Twitch will see this or hear this podcast. Ah, it'll be fine. We've got plans, so <laughs> we've got fail-safes in place. We've done this, what, you and I now have probably done this 250 or more times? Yeah, yeah. So as long as the people in the Twitch chat can hear us, we will have an episode that will go live. Whether that will be ripped from Twitch or our actual usual audio, <laughs> we don't know yet, but we will find out. Oh, it'll be it'll be alright. So. But Dave, how does it feel to uh, be we... in like current times uh, with a PC? Uh, cable management is overrated. Oh God, <laughs> you're gonna have to send me a picture of your cable management. It's actually. It's not that bad, actually. It's Some of it has to do with the monitor stand that I have, and some of it has to do with... What I've actually determined is actually somewhat irritating is the various lengths of every kind of different cable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like sometimes three, <laughs> sometimes three and a half, good, maybe six. Uh, but I do need... Like, I, I imagine if Angela doesn't, like, organize the cables, you're just going to put a rug over the cables and be like, it's fine. So... I, a lot of them, so I have a three monitor setup. So a lot of the cables that are like the power cable, the HDMI or the display port cable are coming out of the back of the monitors and they're going down the tube and coming out the back of the tube towards the computer. Okay. So that's where the majority of them are. However, I have a Go XLR that has an XLR cable. It has a USB cable. I have a stream deck. I have a mouse charging station. I have a wireless headphone that has to have a cord that goes into it. So all those are on my desk as well. Okay. As well as like a wire a wireless thing to charge my phone. Um, the keyboard that I'm currently using is something that Rocket sent me within the last two or three weeks that I'll talk about once I'm a little more comfortable on the PC. But it requires two USB ports to plug in. Oh, because it must have a USB port on the keyboard itself. Sometimes they'll have that in the back. If it does, I don't know where that is as I'm feeling the keyboard. But... Anyway, um, and then like my Elgato has to plug in to a USB port. Um, the, you know, like the wireless dongle for the mouse has to plug into a USB port. The Go XLR plugs into a USB port. <laughs> so you start running out of USB ports and we all know that 3.0 is a better connection. So there are, and, but I don't have as many 3.0 ports as I was like. So I knew I had one. So I had to go find like my USB, my three point, my USB 3.0 dock that I could plug into one and turn it into four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully you don't <laughs> have anything powered. important plugged into that dock because those tend to have issues. Uh, so hopefully nothing important is well, plugged into it, that. Not, not, not I, I prioritized the stuff going into the motherboard, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's just some of those hubs that they tend to be the point of failure because every company will say it's a certain certification and can handle a certain amount of things. Right. And then it turns out like, no, you just keep your keyboard and mouse. The thing that's there. most reassuring for me, this has a separate power source. So that's a little bit more reassuring versus a non-powered one. Yeah. yeah so that, this, this, I have to plug this in. Yeah. So there, there should be <laughs> some safety there, uh, but you'll be surprised how often it's the point of failure is a USB hub. <laughs> so, but Nonetheless, I, I was off work last week, and I was able to really kind of take my time. Like, I, I definitely did not rush this process. Like, I had the PC sitting at home for a couple of days before I even, like, opened it. And Michael's texting me, like, dude, you got to open that and make sure, like, the graphics card's not, like, ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pre-built. You have to you have to watch out for that yeah. stuff. 
So, and I haven't, you know, I haven't ran into anything. I played, you know, two games on it, and you know, I'll talk about that in, in, a, in a little bit. Um, but uh, overall, I'm I'm fairly happy with just like the the biggest thing is like I was able to not have like aux like audio in and audio out cables. I had so much of that. Like it's it's it is less cables than my other setup because I don't have stuff running from PC one to PC two and PC two to PC one. Like I don't have a lot of that stuff going on. Um, but just kind of redoing all of that stuff and you forget about little things and i did have to hook my streaming pc back up temporarily to run a cable to get something off of it that i needed because i forgot to like export all the obs information of course like the images and the backgrounds and the music and the theme songs and i think when angela synced OneDrive for me it was like 550 items that were moving (laughs) that were being moved from the computer Mm -hmm. (laughs) Needless to say, we ended up paying the extra two dollars a month for one drive X, bigger one drive storage or whatever it was. Yeah, if only if only temporary. <laughs> right. So it got it got the job done. But anyways, we are Digital Days Gaming, uh, where we are a weekly podcast that records typically on Tuesdays. Today is Wednesday, um, because reasons. Um, again, just scheduling stuff. We were hoping for some more news to come through, and it kind of did and kind of didn't. So. Um, and if you're able to support the podcast at all, uh, you can review us on, on iTunes, on Apple podcasts, on, you know, podcast addict, whatever you Google play, whatever you, however you listen, if there's a way to review, that would be super, super helpful to review. Um, as also as sharing the show with anybody else, uh, you know, joining our communities that are linked in the, in the show notes to, to check it out. And you can check out all the other links, our website where you can get the show weekly, um, Teesprings, uh, Spotify, uh, Discord, Facebook, all that stuff is in there. And if you can leave, like I said, if you can leave a review or share the show at all, it, it, it's always super helpful. We also are live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash digital days gaming, uh, where we live stream the show. And hopefully one of the reasons I got another PC is to stream a little bit more often on games that aren't necessarily as challenging to stream over a two PC setup, um, particularly like Game Pass games on PC and PC games in general. Um, as well as it's, it feels at least on the surface right now. At least when I did it with the Switch, a little less cumbersome to to stream a console to bring something down here to plug it in really quick to play for a day or so and take it back upstairs. Yep, that's what kind so of stopped me on, on streaming a little bit of just having a console. Like, all right, I guess I'll move this back to the desk and play for a day. Oh, you need the PlayStation? Someone else? Okay, cool. Let me put it back on a TV. Yeah. Going back and forth. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. So I do think I need to buy a second switch dock. So that second switch dock that you have, I would love for you to send me a link to that. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I use to connect to, to my computer as well. Right. Cause now all of a sudden when I've been playing more games on the TV upstairs, Owen wants to play more stuff on the TV when he only used to want to play in handheld. So now I'm like, okay, I'll bring the dock downstairs. And he's like, dad, why can't I play on the big TV? I'm like, dude, you haven't done that in weeks or months. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, all right. Uh, so with all of that said, like I said, the links that, to check out and join the community and, and get, in, get in the conversation with us are in the show notes. Uh, so please check this out, and we're going to jump over to some news. All right. Yeah, we got a fair amount of stories this week, but a lot of them are going to be kind of quick, except for maybe the last two. Uh, but it's just a bunch of like just random announcements that have been kind of going on uh, the last couple of days. Uh, the first one is uh, Fallout 4 is getting a free upgrade on PS5, Xbox Series X, and S that will add a performance mode, higher frame rates, 4K resolution, and some, uh, I believe, some bug fixes. It's, you know, totally Bethesda thing to fix bugs six years after the release to this being like, hey guys, we're <laughs> going to fix it, but I'm sure they'll add new bugs because uh, they're fixing other issues. Uh, but yeah, uh, re. Uh, 
when uh, Microsoft acquired Bethesda, there was an FPS boost that was unlocked for Fallout 4, uh, and people kind of assumed that would be it, uh, but Microsoft just, or Bethesda came out and said, hey, PS free PS5 upgrade and P uh, Xbox Series S and X upgrades are coming. Uh, Dave, I don't want to be a cynic. Do you think they timed this with the uh, investigation into the Xbox Activision acquisition on purpose? Uh, I don't think they timed it. Um, I think this is something that's, you know, kind of been in the works, but I don't know, like, you know, we talked about like the impact of like these acquisitions. Like, do you, I guess I'd spin it around. Like, do you think that this extra upgrade would have happened if Microsoft didn't acquire them? Um, I don't think it would be a free upgrade. I would see them just okay. re-releasing the games. I'm sure they are going to re-release these games on the current platforms. So you get a PS5 box that says Fallout 4. Uh, but I would imagine Bethesda would have just waited and been like, there's no free upgrade. Here's just, you can buy it on PS5. Right. I think that, I, I, I agree, because I think this is one of those things where they're probably seeing an increase in the player base of Fallout 4 from Game Pass, whether you think Game Pass is substantial or not substantial. Like, you're seeing an increase in player count from strictly from Game Pass. We like That's been proven for multiple games. And with the, the, the PS4 and the Xbox Ones being similar architecture at the time and the new consoles being even more similar architecture, um, I think it's one of those things where, like, hey, if we're doing all of this work on the X and the S, like it's easy just to copy and paste it to, and that's not the right term, but it's easy just to implement this on the PS5, so we might as well just do it. Yeah, and it'll get some goodwill at, at a good timing. The 25th anniversary Fallout's happening right now. Uh, I right. wouldn't be surprised because, you know, the Xbox backwards compatibility team were doing the work where they're like, hey, we can unlock the frame rate, or not unlock it, but we can boost the frame rate on the Xbox, and that work was already done to where they just, you know, because now they're in-house with Microsoft, maybe Bethesda was like, can we see what you did? Uh, and then they showed him right. to it, like, "Oh, we can do more with this," and then line it up with oh, the investigation. You went, into, you went into that. You went into that door. Oh, in that door is these doors. Oh, and now you know, like, yeah. just to see a different route to go there. Like, oh, now I can make it even higher. Yeah, and, and then they, know, because I made the engine. And then <laughs> they looked at the teams. Were like, how many people would this realistically take, and how long would this be like a cool thing we can just throw in the 25th anniversary? Which, to be fair, like the 25th anniversary for Fallout was kind of lackluster in terms of like announcements mm-hmm. and stuff. It was like, hey, here's some fallout 76 like news and then here's fallout 4 fps boost or whatever uh so they they needed something uh to announce for that and this is pretty good uh fallout 4 is a game that i remember reviewing really high uh because i did like it when i was (laughs) playing it but of the fallout games when i look back like six years later i do not remember it damn thing about this game but i remember <laughs> at the time ago? i enjoyed it Jeez. i believe so i believe this I was realize. like god now i'm gonna have to look it up i want to say it was like <laughs> i just oh yeah, 2015 I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it's possible yeah so wow seven years ago yeah okay. yeah you're right we've been doing this too long too too, but... too long uh but yeah i remember enjoying fallout 4 a lot i think i ended up giving it like a nine out of ten uh but like i don't remember anything about it. I think I recall you ha- you were having it like really, really early too. Yeah, I did. And that was one of those games. Like six weeks or something like that. And I, It was one of those. And, and it, it was not buggy for me. And I remember when the like the leaks were happening the f- and people were saying it's super yeah. buggy. And I think I, I forgot who I messaged. I messaged someone 
that we both know and i was like you're reviewing fallout 4 was your experience buggy honestly it it might have been like chandler at the time i think it was i like i was like hey was your experience buggy because mine wasn't and he was that person was just like it's a little buggy and i'm like fuck how come i didn't get bugs Uh, because like that that just happens sometimes with video games i'm just like hey you might have an experience that's perfect like somehow you got a cleaner download than your counterpart. Yeah, or I somehow. or I didn't dick like, around enough, or I stayed too much on the main yeah, yeah. quest and and didn't have any issues. Well, I remember that. Like I remember like previous like hearing about Skyrim like on the PS3 of like after you got to like a certain save percentage, it chugged because it was starting to take up the. I could be wrong when I say this, but it was starting to take up the available like RAM space of the. It PS3. was. It was like the save files were getting yeah. too big, and then. Uh, it was doing something with the the RAM where it was locking yeah. up the PS ps3 yeah but i i mean i think this is great again this is one of those things where especially with like going back like games like this where i don't think like cross play was a thing to where now somebody might be more willing to like i don't even think can you play fallout with somebody no only fallout 76 oh okay never mind but you know like if if somebody got introduced to the 76 world or you know wanted to go back and play fallout just having something like this running on a you know on a better system like to even even to go buy this on the ps5 store and just to know it's going to run better mm-hmm. is, is always a good thing yeah and i'm curious of uh, what fixes like because i don't remember anything about fallout 4 i'm almost curious to go back to it once this upgrade happens uh just to see where it lines up for my memory and comparison to all the other fallout games uh but uh we'll see if i actually get around to it all right uh where how did i organize this Okay, uh, Witcher 1 is being remade in Unreal Engine 5. So CD Projekt Red, Dave, was that like a month ago? They put their roadmap mm-hmm. of like, hey, we're working on like five or six things. Uh, one of those projects was a secret Witcher project, and it turns out that that is a remaster or remake of the first game in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, so not a lot to that story, uh, but at least now we know the secret project that they were working on. I think that yeah, anybody that's like I I feel like from what I've heard, a lot of people picked up the Witcher franchise with probably with Witcher three, yes. maybe two, yeah. but I would say more with three. So I think that going because Witcher one, I probably am wrong because I don't know a ton about this franchise as much as you do. It wasn't on consoles, right? Not it. Uh, so it was PC exclusive, but I think Witcher one eventually did come to consoles, but it was significantly later than when it first launched. Yeah. So now if, you've, if you're a fan of the Witcher stuff and you never went back to play this or didn't know it existed at the time, here's your going to be your creme de la creme top of the top of the food chain version that you would want to play yeah. in Unreal 5. So. Yeah, and, and because CD Projekt Red is moving to Unreal Engine 5 for all of their future games, it kind of makes sense that they would start with like, let's remaster the first game. Uh, like it is with a partner studio, but like, it's at least an experience that they know from beginning to end what it's supposed to look like, what the missions are supposed to look like to where now it's just like, let's just experiment with this just so we can learn Unreal Engine from a technical level to then apply to... before before let, Let's see if we can make our, our other game like actually work on this before we start trying to like do brick by brick of a new game. Yeah, yeah, to where it's like, hey, we already have like the story down. We could probably get away with using the same voice acting uh, and dialogue options and let's just, let's just go from there. Uh, so this is probably a very smart move in terms of like, hey, this is uh, one of the few times you can make profit off your R&D. Like, your research and development is going to be the thing 
uh, that you can profit off of as opposed to it being something just it's in the background that you'll make profit off eventually when you have something. Uh, so do you have any reason, do you, do you have any idea like why they wouldn't just announce this when they did their roadmap? Cause it just seems kind of weird to just tweet this out. Like, Hey, the secret games, Witcher one, do you think they knew leaks were coming or something? Um, did they give a time frame on the game? No, no. So it's just, uh, basically just revealed that hey that project name that we were mentioned a month ago it's witcher one i would have to look a little farther into it into their earnings reports to see like when quarters end and quarters start Mm -hmm. but i would assume that the roadmap was near a quarter end and now it's over and they got the goal that they wanted to out of their investors to where they can start showing some stuff they can start being more specific if i had to really really guess yeah that that would make sense because yeah, yeah, i immediately if would... they're even a publicly traded company which i'm not sure if they well no cd project they Red, are yeah, yeah. at company. least in yeah, in like poland was, they are uh right because that was the pressure around getting cyberpunk out by a certain time yeah uh so yeah it was it must have been like financial report related or they were just like all right it looks good uh we can we can continue with it because we don't know if it was just in like early early stages and they're happy with what they saw and ready to fully announce it uh but all they released was an image um so (laughs) this is definitely kind of a lackluster announcement but still good to hear uh nonetheless all right dave uh oh wait i was gonna say there's a story you're really excited about or not excited about but you have (laughs) opinions on but it's not this one uh bioware uh gave an update on dragon age dread so, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a Dragon Age fan, and that fan base has been dying for for any bit of news. Like, EA Plays have come and gone, E3, Game Awards, all this stuff has come and gone the last couple years, and there hasn't been much on Dragon Age Dread. Uh, but Bioware revealed that uh, the game just finished its alpha stage, and it is now fully playable from beginning to end. Uh, what this means now is... They're going to focus on like narrative cohesion, character relationships, and the game's pacing. But f- structurally, the game is playable from the first mission to the last mission. And now it's just a matter of them tidying up the, the pacing and making sure character relationships make sense. And then, of course, bug fixes as they implement more and more stuff on top of it. Uh, and then in unrelated news, uh, but still related to Bioware, uh, they did say the next Mass Effect game is already in development as opposed to it just being one of those announcements that they give too early. Um, but, uh, how do you feel about, uh, Bioware just kind of giving this sort of updates? Is it, is it bad that I didn't know it was called Dread Wolf? Yeah, I mean... Or that I've forgotten that it was called Dread Wolf? Because this is supposed to be 4, yes, right? Technically? Yes. Okay. Um, again, I'm not a huge Dragon... I'm not a Dragon Age fan. I've never, never played a second of any of the games. But um, I am... The, the, the story of Bioware is fascinating to me of this is the next thing that's going to come out since Anthem. And that's a very long time. Yeah, because you, you don't want to count the legendary edition for mass effect. Cause that was just a remaster. That was them, but like a third party too, right? Like somebody was helping them. I think it's blurred. I, I think they ended up taking credit yeah. for it, but like original games, this is the first since Anthem. Yeah. Uh, cause in, did Andromeda come before or after Anthem? 
think it came before. Okay. But I'm not 100% for sure. Or very close to each other, which people were saying it was affecting both. Yeah, it <laughs> might have been the same year. Or maybe. Yeah, maybe Anthem was like February and Andromeda was holiday. Potentially. Or reverse. Like, yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, like, again, the company's just trying to save face. Like, yeah, we're, we're still doing Dragon Age and Mass Effect. We, we're doing them both. And I'm like, okay, as a, if I'm a Bioware fan, I'm like, just focus on one, please. Yeah, uh, it's definitely like worrisome. I mean, for you, for your standpoint, you're like, just get Dragon Age right. Just get Dragon Age like, right. I, I, I'm happy they're at this phase though, because you, you usually hear about developers around the holidays. They like to have the game like fully playable, so then the developers can take it home on holiday break and then just play the game. Break yeah, it. and <laughs> uh, so it's good that they at least hit that like. Yeah, Deadline. I mean, I, there are some things that are concerning to me in these bullet points that you point, like the developers focusing on na- narrative cohesion. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, character relationships, Dragon Age game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like a Bioware game, like those are important. And, and pacing, like I would hope that there is strong foundations in place for these things already, and these just need to be tweaked. I, I would hope, like <laughs> what they mean by pacing is like, hey, here are all the missions we thought of, and now here's where we cut them or rearrange them. Uh, not play them again to make sure they feel cohesive. Yeah, yeah, whatever. and right. this is where stuff yeah. will start to get cut um, because it just didn't fit the story. Uh, so uh, the, the the fact that they mentioned like character relationships that it would probably be the one concerning because like that is like very fundamental. So I I wish they would have explored or like detailed more of what that meant uh, because it's very intertwined in the story. The main campaign is like all those relationships that you're balancing. Uh, so I would love to just know what they do once the game's, you know, fully playable from beginning to end, like how those tweaks and those processes go. Uh, they did mention that, you know, they'll they'll reach out to the community to get feedback. So I'm assuming that means like their their playtesters are, are probably people in the community, uh, in the fandom, and then they're going to work with them just to see. Yeah. Uh, you didn't put this as a news story, and I don't have it in front of me to, to reference it, but when you said it, it reminded me like, is it? Did I see some headlines this week that said like a Star Wars game released its story to get feedback to decide if it's worth doing? Um, was it the Quantic Dream story? Because Quantic Dream revealed that like, hey, we're gonna have a new race and we're gonna do a political story, and it was a yeah. The, thing. the rumors are somebody released like, like it like intentionally leaked like the foundation of a game to to mainly to solicit community feedback that might be related to the chronic dream thing because i think it was sacred symbols podcast that had like a bunch of info on a quantic dream game uh so it might have been it might have been that game yeah i just thought i remember reading some headlines and i was like oh that's interesting so versus you know like the concern would be like if dragon age releases some kind of trailer like oh we're hoping to hear what you think and it's like wait a minute like you should be way farther along than thinking about what we're thinking right now. Not if it's a Quantic Dream game, because that's not till 2027. <laughs> not Quantic yeah. Dream, but in reference to Dragon Age. Oh, yeah, yeah. for Dragon Age. Um, <laughs> you would hope they're further along and they say, though now I feel like we are within a year of this game releasing, if it's fully playable from beginning to end now. So do you think that we get a trailer at... EA Play E3 style thing and then the game comes out in November? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. I think this okay. announcement kind of writes it off for the Game Awards because a lot of people are assuming we'd get a trailer at the Game Awards this year, but I feel like 
them just getting to this point now probably means they won't have a trailer ready for December. Uh, so we'll probably end up having to wait till the summer to get like a a big Dragon Age blowout uh, and to build up the hype. And now EA makes their announcements that their game's coming out like 30 days before they release. So they, they can take their time uh, on announcing the release date for this one. Because uh, they'll, they'll just surprise us. All right. Next story. Uh, Rocksteady co-founders have left the company. Um, so Rocksteady and the co-founders, uh, Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, announced that they are leaving the studio uh, both the studio put out a statement and the co-founders basically saying, Hey, suicide squad is nearly finished. Um, and it's in good hands. So we are leaving <laughs> to pursue our own thing. And the timing, uh, seems not great. Uh, I, even if they say it's nearly finished, uh, when is suicide squad coming out, Dave? Was it, is it next year? Is it 2024? I don't know if they've even like del- like dated it or windowed it or anything. Yeah, like I'm I'm not too sure, but yeah, the co-founders uh, are leaving. They founded the studio in 2004, and for the last like 20, yeah, 2023. Okay, spring 2023. Okay, so so yeah, it is. It allegedly, if it's in that window of what, what April to July, <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would make sense if it's you know far along enough that um, that they would. I think it's kind of weird that they're leaving, right? Like uh, this close to the finish line. It, it te- well, it tells me something else that they have. Rocksteady had some. And this is pure speculation on my point, on my on my part. Uh, Rocksteady had some contract with DC for X amount of games. Let's call it five at this point. Four, four. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. This. That would be the Rocksteady DC games, correct? Um, Arkham Arkham Asylum Trilogy. Asylum City Night. Yeah. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. And then they did the VR game. So it would be... Yeah. Okay. So maybe they had a five-game contract with DC. And, like again, pure speculation on my part. But I don't think these two wanted to make a Suicide Squad game. Probably not. Or at least... Or they didn't want to make a games as a service. Yeah, um, and Warner Brother does own Rocksteady, so it was one of those things where oh, you okay. you can only do so much, and maybe they were told like, "Hey, uh, Gotham Knights didn't turn out as well as we thought. You guys are going back to Arkham," uh, and they're just like, "I, I don't want to." Uh, mm-hmm. That could be a possibility. Uh, basically, so the studio was founded in like two thousand four, two thousand five. And for, like, almost 10-plus years, they've only been making DC Batman universe games. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could almost imagine that, like, if you're the co-founders, this might not be what you wanted for your studio to be just no... To be the Batman studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's brought money, and it's brought steady income, and Warner Brothers has been very patient with Rocksteady on video game releases. Uh, but maybe they just wanted to bail out I will say I have to bring it up in like 2020, there was a lot of news reports coming out of Rocksteady about harassment uh, and like uncomfortable work environments. Uh, But that stuff kind of quieted down uh, after I think Rocksteady, I don't know how they addressed it, but they did address it. So uh, like stuff kind of quieted down after uh, all those reports came out. Yeah. So I I mean, I guess it's possible that 
this was an involuntary departure as well of like finish your shit and go it could be like they hit a certain milestone and they could leave or they just were just tired of this of just again being at the studio for almost mm-hmm. 20 years making batman games for 10 to 15 years uh and then suicide squad we don't know the condition we don't know the state of suicide squad and it's been so long that maybe they just didn't want to be there for launch as well uh to see how that goes down especially after uh, we'll talk about Gotham Knights a little later, but Gotham Knights, you know, uh, didn't really set the world on fire. So maybe they were just trying to avoid that as well. Um, how long do you think before they announce their new studio, though? I, I think it would probably be pretty soon. I would assume in the next six months. I, t- I quote tweeted an IGN article tonight about this, and I said, please, like I've, like I've already said in the last couple of months of the podcast, like take your knowledge and go make a four-player Ninja Turtle game with the Arkham system. <laughs> like that, that would be like the dream yeah that that would be fantastic and and the thing we need to bring up though too is why they would want to leave warner brothers is a mess right now <laughs> you know in mm-hmm. terms of like the the film side uh the leadership side uh in terms of the warner brother discovery leadership the idea that like all the warner brothers studios have been like on the market and off the market on and off for about two years now probably isn't the best situation to develop games uh when you don't know who's going to own you or if someone buys you and they even have access to the properties that you've grown attached to yeah and and i and i know that we've talked about this before and like how much do we really want to see but if they start their own studio and what disney's doing with the marvel licenses and they can go hey these are the two guys that did this for batman Mm mm-hmm like, let's talk about a character that you're getting ready to introduce to the MCU or a character that's not getting enough publicity. Like, and I can't, you know, like, you know, like a proper Thor game. No, like, you know, it would be hilarious. Like a, like a Thor as Rocky. Like, get- yeah, you know, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, how cool would it be to play like a third person Thor game? Of like you know when he was like eighteen to twenty three or something. I don't even know, how, yeah. or like on Asgard. Yeah, or like, if they want to go dark and gritty, like. Or, like, even if they don't want to go dark and gritty. Like, if you tell me, like, the people behind Arkham are making a Luke Cage game. Or, or like, a right. Daredevil. Or even, like, oh, like a Winter Soldier game. Yeah. Like, when he was, like... In World War you know, II, when he was an the, assassin. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that stuff sounds fascinating. Like, immediately I thought, you know, we, you know, there was always this speculation about Rocksteady was doing, like, like Superman. And we find out at Suicide Squad, obviously. But there was all these, you know, links of, like, what they were working on um it, it, to the dc universe but like they've got some those two have got some serious pedigree about what they did for not only the batman market but the licensed game yeah market. the superhero market uh right. especially it could be like a game of thrones style where like the creators of the tv show game of thrones up until the last two seasons every studio wanted them like every movie studio wanted to work with them Mm -hmm. and they bailed on game of thrones because disney was throwing star wars contracts at everybody at the time so then they're like you know what cancel game of thrones we're gonna go get that star wars money that backfired them in a long run but as you said marvel's kind of throwing out you know like marvel licenses and money so where if you're at another studio well, it's, it's it sounds crazy and like rick warden the the percy jackson author who my son is a huge fan of he's in the news recently because now he's doing like another book in the percy jackson series but like i don't know if you were any ever a fan of this and i only became a fan because my son read the books and wanted me to watch the movies of like the lightning thief and all that stuff but like i, I think a game in that world would be really cool Oh yeah there's there's totally like a bunch of licenses 
that if you're interested in making that license a game, as long as these two co-founders are not problematic, you would probably have a meeting with them. You know, like in, it, I mean, like DC, they had enough confidence. That DC had enough confidence in them. Not even necessarily Warner Brothers or, or Rocksteady Studios, but DC had enough confidence in, for them to make their own villain. Yeah, their own villain. Uh, there are multiple. That's in the, it's in the comic world now. Yeah, they right? they because uh, yeah. it's funny. The Arkham Knight is in the comic world. Yeah, it's funny though because like DC was like, you know what, you can have your own Arkham Asylum comic series, and then eventually mm-hmm. they got to the point where they're like, oh, that's just canon now. Like y- your creation won't live in its yeah. own comic bubble. It's going to be canonical. The, f- the foundations that these that this company and these founders like put into game into like Arkham Asylum at the time started to make the definition of I guess a linear open yeah. world. And, and before anyone says anything, we do know it's a whole development team that put effort into right. this game. But when it comes to companies throwing money around, they usually only throw that money around on the yeah. top levels of a the teams sony santa monica couldn't release a god of war or couldn't release a game without cory barlog yeah they, they went a couple years where it was just like what are yeah. we gonna do they had one or two things completely canceled and then they something then sony finally got irritated and went back to cory and said all right what's it gonna take and it you know it took him to you know to get what you know he probably had his list of demands and we got god of war 2018 from yep. that so and then like, he was successful enough that he's like all right peace out Give God of War to someone else, and now give me like my own project. Right, and we'll see. But so, like, what what would a Naughty Dog game look like with Druckmann not touching it at all? Probably not as good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless of like what you think of Druckmann, because <laughs> I mean, know a lot of right. people get sensitive about him. But like, yeah, uh, what would a Naughty Dog game look like without his fingerprints on that? Uh, I mean, it was a fear we had when Amy Hennig left of like, wait, if Amy Hennig's not working on a Naughty Dog game, is it going to be <laughs> right. good? And then it's like, no, we got Druckmann. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, so uh, I would imagine these two, again, if there's no issues with them, will probably find themselves working on a big license game if they want to. But yeah. they also could right. probably flex off into other industries if they wanted to uh, and, yeah. and do stuff. Uh, but now that you put it out there, I wouldn't be surprised if they announce a studio and say, like, we're making a Marvel game. Because, again, Disney is right. throwing the money out I, right now. I, my, 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 dream, my dream would be something in, a, in an Ninja Turtles format just because of the the delicate balance in the Arkham series that they walked with the dark sides of the so, Batman universe and still being appealing enough to people that it wasn't, like, psychologically messing with anybody. You know? Okay, so I got to ask you, if you were going to get a Ninja Turtles game, which ninja turtles what you want in terms of like i don't know if you were at the comics when you're a kid but those are like black and white no. and gritty you have the cartoon yeah, um, you have the movies and then you have you know a whole bunch of other variants after that to be honest with you i think that in terms of like the aesthetic of the visuals that i would want is i would want it to look like the first live action movie like that's what i would want them to look like i i i, I kind of would be interested in that but i would almost want them to literally look like the movie where it's like those type of suits uh yeah that that look like so that 90s cartoon look for them but i would like them to understand that the player base that's playing this is 35 to 50 50 years that's why i think you can almost get away with the gritty black and white origin uh, of them but that might be too far i don't know if nickelodeon but i think that that they could right i think they could find a, a solid balance though of a fun combo driven night mostly nighttime shadow shadow based game that tells 
pretty deep story of each of them. I was going to say, you know, like, are all the Ninja Turtles still alive from the movie? I think I think they are, uh, though I think Corey Feldman's problematic. Uh, but like, if you could give me the, the voice actors from the movie uh, <laughs> to come back and do the show or to do the video game, that would probably be, like, the dream project. It's either that, or I'd want the, the gritty original like, Ninja Turtles. Like a side quest where Raphael has a temper tantrum and, and runs off, and you and you do a bunch of stuff on your own for a little bit, and, you know, like, other quests for, like, trying to find, like, like the, like the balance, like the darkness of, of Leonardo and Raphael and, like, the intelligence of Donatello and the craziness of Michelangelo of where there's a side quest in the game of, like, trying to find the best pizza. Yeah, you could you could you know, do weird stuff. But at the stuff, same time, yeah. like you're trying to help Ralph's you know mental health while Leonardo's battling with with being the leader, and Donatello's like relied on to like like to make it all what? like function like everything function correctly. Was it the second one that Leo basically went to like a cabin to like refocus? Uh, yeah, it was the first one. I think. Okay, yeah, maybe the second one. Uh, I don't know. They, they're kind of there, there's but. a bunch of cool stuff that they could do. Especially, I don't know what Nickelodeon would want to do exactly in terms of like it's got to look like the current cartoon or something uh but i kind of like the idea of like let's just make it a sequel to the movies and just use those designs uh because that that would probably be pretty awesome and then you can get like i don't know 90s nostalgia in there like set it in the 90s don't bring it to current days i don't want them on cell phones and shit just like make it like ninja turtles in 1995 or you know, like whatever. He just wants to see April O'Neil in a yellow jumpsuit. I mean, didn't they do that in the the Michael Bay ones? <laughs> so just don't make it Megan Fox, and you're all good. No, but I think it would be cool just to put them in the '90s uh, and just have it go from there. Because uh, we're done with '80s nostalgia, right? Like that's got to end soon, <laughs> eventually, right? <laughs> Stranger Things has one more season. Like we we can we can be done with the '80s. They're fucking overrated. I hate the 80s. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next story. Uh, well, speaking of Rocksteady uh, <laughs> and, and DC. Uh, so uh, Gotham Knight came out, as we talked about last week, on console. It's 30 frames per second. Uh, this led to a bunch of developers and studios basically saying, like, this is the Xbox Series S's fault. So... We had uh, Bossa Studios uh, developer claim like the developers have been petitioning to get the Series S dropped as a requirement from Xbox. Is currently, if you release on Series X, you need to have a Series S version of your game. Uh, so Bossa Studios is saying like we've been trying to get that requirement dropped. Uh, another developer came out and said that the Series S is an albatross on the the next gen's neck or on xbox's neck and then a rocksteady developer said like hey don't blame the developers for gotham knight blame the series s like it's it's bottlenecking uh the ability for for games to get bigger or handle performance uh uh, jeff gersman formerly of giant bomb was like the only one that i think dave is going to side with uh and was basically like hey guys that's bullshit because on PC developers have to go for even lower common denominator uh, than the Series S, and they're able to do it. Uh, so, like, you can't really say. So, my 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 biggest problem with this at the core is 
it runs higher than 30 frames on PC, like you already <laughs> mentioned. So, and we we lived we've lived in a world where games ran better on the 360 than on the PS3, and that games have ran better on the PS4 than the Xbox One. Correct? Yes. Okay, so why didn't they just take the PC version and port it to PS5 and literally point the finger at Xbox and say we can't do it because you won't let us? So if it can, if I, I don't, I don't understand why you would use the same code for or the same development cycle for PS5 as you would for Xbox if the Xbox is holding you back. It would be more of a reason for people to buy your game on PS5 than Xbox. You're a third-party developer, so you want it to run the best best possible. But yes, to your point, they have to think about somebody with a 980 Ti graphics card and a 490. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, the we're, what are we up to? Like, 30, 3090 right now? <laughs> like, they have to make sure... I think, I think 4090 is the size of the PS5, Yeah, right? pretty much. So, so th- they have to account for a super wide range on... They have to count for if you have an SSD, if you don't have an SSD, if you have X amount of RAM or you don't have X amount of RAM. Yeah, there's minimum recommendations, but there's also multiple different settings in there to where, like, why isn't this game running better on PS5 if the Series S is holding it back and Microsoft saying, no, you have to make a game that runs on the S and the X. They could be like, okay, and then you just take the PC port and put it on the PC and the PS5. Like, why isn't that? Yeah, especially, like... um the um, console version doesn't even consistently hit 30 frames, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are like, yeah, we're hitting 30 the entire game. There's no chugging issues. We could have hit 60, but the Series S is a problem. Uh, it seems like kind of a cop-out uh, by various developers uh, because, yes, the Series S is holding the console next-gen back t- potentially, but I don't think it's as drastic as, like, we can't even hit 30 frames on the big boy consoles. If, fl- if fl- if, I'm sorry. If Flight Simulator can run on the S, Gotham Knights should be... Sh- the S shouldn't be holding Gotham Knights. No, back. and that's my problem is, like, <laughs> I don't think it should be... They can't say it's holding it back if it can't even hit the basics on the more powerful consoles. You know, mm-hmm. like... Because we saw this with the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. where people just put a game in the PS4 Pro, and it just ran better by itself. Yes, yeah, so in theory, the Series <laughs> X and the PS5 should be able to hit 30 frames no problem. Uh, right. But instead, they're getting like 20 to 25 frames in some instances, yeah. and it's just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, even if the Series S is holding you back, it should at least mean you have steady frame rates so the the series s should be 24 to 30 and the x should just be 30 30 exactly exactly 30 (laughs) but it's not uh so it's definitely like i think we will be having this discussion in a couple years where people are like okay look we could we can only do so much and like i think that in a couple years we're gonna get the better on x sticker yeah or they just discontinued the s and are like stream like play on a cloud uh which is probably what they want in a couple years anyways uh but it it definitely seems odd to blame the s for the shortcomings of the x and the ps5 uh because it doesn't make sense it should just run like shit on s like we shouldn't even be talking about the x and the five right 
and then and then circling back to like Gotham Knights being their own worst enemy. If it's, if the S is really causing you these problems, why isn't it on the PS4 and why isn't it on the Xbox One then? Yeah, because yeah, it w- <laughs> I think this is what this comes down to, and because I think this comes down to Warner Brothers just being kind of a mess in terms of like. It, they probably did get it out get yeah, it out get it get out, it out. Get it out. We, you have people that ran a discovery channel now in charge of everything and they're just like just release it and then the possibility that they just didn't give the studio enough resources to where that's why they had a drop last gen because they just didn't give them enough resources and also were pushing the deadline of you got to get this game out so it just led to them just you know giving a game that hopefully they have resources enough to patch it uh, on console. Uh, we'll talk about it on PC, but it sounds like it's going pretty well on PC. Uh, friends that I, I <laughs> know that are playing it on PC as well are like, this game's pretty damn awesome. And I think that's something that you notice in reviews for the game. Some people were like, hey, it's pretty good. Those people tend to have reviewed it on PC. And then the ones that are like, <laughs> this game's not doing well are the ones that are on console uh, because mm-hmm. limited uh, experiences. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll probably hear more about the series S holding stuff back maybe in like two, three years. I think, I, well, I think you might actually start hearing a little bit about this, like when Starfield comes out and digital foundry puts this game through the ringer, like literally through the ringer or when Redfall comes out, like when games are coming out for, like when Microsoft releases yeah, quality triple a <laughs> content, I know, oh, I know. But, like, on the horizon is Starfield and Redfall and Hellblade 2, uh, in that order, I yeah. believe. Um, and I think that it, it'll be very um, telling of how Starfield runs, because this is one of the one like... And I think it'll be even more telling when we get an Obsidian game out that start to finish development underneath the Microsoft umbrella. Or we get something out from a newer studio, a non core Microsoft Studio, like an, uh, an acquired Microsoft Studio that had the ability to start and finish uh, an IP under the entire Microsoft acquisition. Um, I think that's when you'll start seeing stuff. Because I really think if you would have, if, if, like, if S was holding it back, I think somebody like Phil Hines would say something. Publicly. P- uh, potentially. Pete Hines, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Pete Hines. Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're going to be having this discussion on a PlayStation side when God of War comes out uh, in terms of like, mm-hmm. they need to stop the PS4 <laughs> uh, because, you know, God of War is coming out. Cause it started the bubble with a horizon conversation. Yeah. It started. Yeah. It didn't last, but it started. Yeah. And God of War is going to, God of War is going to review. Fantastic. Like those previews went out last week. Uh, sounds like it's going to be awesome, but we will have the discussion of like, or the, not even the discussion, but the question mark of does this need to be honest? What did they? What? No, the reverse right now. What did? What were they not able to do because they had to put it on PS4? Yeah, yeah that's going to definitely come up. Of just like, could they have done a little bit more? And the answer is going to be yes. Um, it, it's going to sell like amazing. It's going to be a top two game of the year contender, if not game of the year. Like it's it's all it's going to be great. Like it does. It's going to do all those great things. But you, people are going to be left to wonder like, is you know, and whatever I was. It's hearing, like when like the, the athlete comes to, back. The area you have to sh- you have to shimmy a little bit through. Like, did that only happen because it had yeah. to be put on the PS4? It's gonna be like you um, know. you know, like if Ken Griffey didn't get injured those couple times, you know, like <laughs> where would he have been? Uh, and that's what the PS4 is gonna start feeling like. And I think we will hit that point with the Series S. I just don't think it's yet. Like right now, we're not hitting mm-hmm. that point. 
because there are like forza runs fucking fantastic on the series s uh well because there's truly nothing that's re- that that you can point at right now two years almost three years from the like is it are, are we coming up we're coming up on, are we coming up in three years for ps5 and Xbox yes one? this will be the third this, year. like this november yeah this will be the third year 2019 um of like yeah like oh this is high quality next gen games like that hasn't happened yet no ratchet and clank was close um returnal was lower than ratchet and clank in my opinion and those are really the only two ps5 exclusives ps5 only um that have really come out medium didn't do it uh you know for xbox series yeah yeah. uh, and and ps5 which, which i don't think you can get medium on ps4 can you I, I, don't I don't think, think so. so, but I wouldn't be surprised if you yeah. could because Medium was turned out to be a very, like, not big deal of a right. game, uh, yeah. power-wise. So, but I'm just saying that we just don't have... Neither company has any flag to stake in the ground of, like, here's our super cool consoles and here's our here's our great game. Yeah, like, everybody, everybody can point at Miles Morales and how cool and shiny and pretty it looks. I can go play it on PS4 if I want to. It's not as good, but I can do it. Yeah. So then it should be okay for the Series S to be that way. It's not as good, but I can do it. But the X version should run better, and that's not happening with with Gotham Knights. Yeah, and that's where it so. get this whole discussion kind of falls apart of, like, the Series S is holding it back because it's just like, then it should be able to hit the barest of minimums on the more powerful console because that's just how it should work. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will be hearing about this even more. We'll hear it on a PlayStation side, but I think this is the last year for the PS4 uh, really, I don't think they have anything announced big. They don't really have much announced next year, anyways. That they said is PS5 only. Sony hasn't. Yeah. So, but again, so it might be the last year of PS4 because there's nothing else coming. I out. have a feeling, like from Microsoft's standpoint, um, I don't know. Like, is Starfield coming to Xbox One? Did Starfield? I'd have to look that up. I'm curious because I th- I want to say no. I want to say that. Or is Redfall is or is Redfall coming to Xbox One? No, I think Redfall was the first one. It's like yeah, we're not coming out. Uh, okay, because I was gonna say like I I would expect Hellblade not to come to to Xbox One. Yeah. Hellblade Two. Oh, Starfield's only on X and S. Okay. So we don't have to worry about them being held back by the Xbox One. Um. But that's going to be the test of like, hey, can this Bethesda game, which is already going to be buggy because it's Bethesda, how how much did the the Series S hold it back? That would probably be the first legitimate discussion of is the Series S holding Xbox back? I don't think Gotham mm-hmm. Knights is that discussion starter, no. uh, but Starfield, Redfall could be uh those well maybe not redfall because redfall is going to be a co-op multiplayer game but like starfield for sure hellblade for sure because hellblade's going for like a high fidelity experience uh so those would probably be the two ones the two games that are going to be the breaking point for for a lot of people all right dave almost done with this news uh like run good uh we have uh silent hill we talked about it last week they had a big stream the day after we recorded thanks konami uh but they announced a shit ton of stuff so you liked it when cd project red did this a month ago so let's see if you like it when konami does it uh konami announced silent hill 2 remake from bloober team uh this is a timed ps5 console exclusive so it's being made in partnership with playstation funny it happened the day after playstation complained about xbox potentially making exclusive content for call of duty uh but here we are 
You said it this time. I yeah, didn't. yeah. Any time they announce like exclusive stuff, especially. Let's get into it. So they. It just it 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 sounds bad that Jim Ryan just went to Europe and complained essentially that Microsoft is buying exclusivity. And then. And then he goes and buys an exclusive. And then I think they're also doing a it. Timed exclusive. I think they're also doing it with Resident Evil Four, and the Capcom had an announcement last week, which made me think that like was there supposed to be a state of play last week? Because uh, we just had Konami make an announcement, and then Resident Evil being like, "We have gameplay of Resident Evil 4. Uh Seems kind of weird. Like maybe they pushed, uh, you know, like pushed the state of play because they were in the middle of doing something uh, over in Europe, but. Uh, the next game, uh, Silent Hill F, uh, this is a game set in the 1960s, uh, with, uh, famed horror writer, uh, Ryukishi 7, um, and it's being made by Neobards, the developers of, like, Resident Evil Reverse, I believe it's called, uh, but, uh, basically it sounds like Resident, uh, Silent Hill is turning into kind of like an anthology series, as opposed to just being like, hey, we're just going to continue the Silent Hill saga. It's like, no, we're going to jump out of the mainline Silent Hill and start creating new stories. Uh, so this one could be really interesting. Uh, the writer uh, had a really big anime 10 plus years ago, uh, When We Cry, or When They Cry, uh, which I'm currently watching right now, uh, and it's it's actually really good. Uh, so I'm like very interested in checking this out because it's right around the same time i started watching the anime they announced like hey that anime writer is now making a silent hill game uh we have silent hill ascension which is a live interactive experience there wasn't a lot of details on what that means and then we get silent hill townfall uh this is from no code studios and annapurna games and this is a like a mystery game uh set in the silent hill universe uh, and then they announced Return to Silent Hill, a movie adaptation of Silent Hill 2. So Konami just came out and just announced every single Silent Hill project they possibly can. And it seems like they're taking it kind of serious based on like the partnerships they're making in terms of what they announced and the direction they seem to be going or the many directions they seem to be going with the franchise. So, Dave, I know it's not your thing. You're, you're not a Silent Hill fan. Uh, we talked about the Bloober Team thing. People weren't too happy with Bloober Team being the answer or being a developer. But how do you feel about Konami? What was the, what was the public what was the public perception of Blooper Team doing this? I didn't. See. Um, people are not happy just because. Um, so Layers of Fear got a lot of praise at the time, but Bloober Team started to kind of come across as like a one trick pony, uh, where it all their games are just kind of showing mental health issues as like horror tropes and people got just got kind of tired of that being repeated over and over again in their games um because it's just like it's not scary it's people dealing with mental health issues uh so like uh, people just felt like it was i don't want to say lazy because that sounds too rude but if you look online people are not happy with how bloober team handles mental health illness and how they make it the main trope of their games so the idea of giving them silent hill has a lot of people concerned but they're remaking an established game so i feel like they can't do too much in terms of changing it um um this might have been a little bit too much silent hill at once 
I kind I'm kind of going um, with that. I think you could have got away with like yeah. two announcements. I, I'd like CD Projekt Red thing because they said, okay, we're doing Witcher, we're doing more Cyberpunk, and I think they even test. They said that we're doing something else new. Yes, that's not Witcher or Cyberpunk. So versus essentially four Silent Hill games announced and a Silent Hill movie. Yeah. Um, might be a little bit much. The the thing that intrigues me a little bit here, and I think maybe maybe you, I don't remember if you said this or not, but the Annapurna games being part of yes. it is interesting. Yeah. I've heard really good things about Annapurna. Um, and then the one that terrifies me uh, is the live interactive experience. Now, is that like a games as a service live experience? Is that like a, you know, like we don't know. Um, but I think you're just literally trying to ride the Silent Hill thing like super, super hard when your community was like the silent hill community was like can we just see something new they, they like, were happy with or, just a remake of two like that's all they wanted right. and then it's like so it's like going to going to grandma's house for thanksgiving and hoping that grandma makes you know her pumpkin pie or her apple pie and you get that one piece of it and grandma's like no no i made you two pies you're taking these home and you're like I don't want all yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just wanted one piece. Like, I just wanted my one time a year to have grandma's pie. And now you're telling me, like, I'm the only one that really likes grandma's pie that eats dinner at this house. And you're making me take all this home because the only way you know how to make it is in a, in is in large quantity. Yeah, it, it, it totally seems like they, they might have gone with too much stuff. I, I think people are really excited for Silent Hill F just because of the, the writer, uh, Ryukishi 7, being a part of it. Because uh, it's like something different uh potentially coming from the franchise uh silent hill 2 remake everyone was happy about but the bloober team thing is like it feels like konami is just a little too late if they would have announced the bloober team is remaking silent hill 2 four years ago i think the community mm-hmm. would have been like holy shit you guys are gonna this is amazing well, uh but it's the medium didn't do anything for I people th- yeah, and I think the scary part about this is too, like this might be Blooper Team trying to prove to Konami that they can do stuff with Silent Hill, so that they can do their own thing, yeah. which doesn't sound like people really want because their own thing has been the Medium and Blair Witch Project. And, and then Konami at the same time are planting the seeds of like, hey, one of these are bound to hit. Like one of these five or four or five things are bound to hit, and then whichever one hits will probably be the direction the franchise goes in the future. Uh, but I, I, if anything, Konami just probably saw like, okay, Silent Hill is popular. Uh, the horror game, mystery game genre is no longer a niche genre. Like, cause those two genres had a run during PS2 that run died during the PS3 and early PS4 days, but it's kind of back because of Twitch streaming and people just wanting to watch people play scary things. So Konami is just like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're just going to throw everything at the wall and hope something sticks uh, off the Silent Hill name. And hopefully one of these will become a hit because uh, Konami went from like, we're not making any video games to like, hey, we're making five or six, but they at least partnered with people uh, mm-hmm. to try and accomplish that. Uh, and who knows, they they probably saw that like, if Dave, if you wanted to buy a, a used copy of Silent Hill 2, on the PS2, how much do you think that would cost you? Based on what you've been telling me as you've been going to some of these things, probably hundred bucks, hundred and fifty. Yeah, bucks. like hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. So Konami must see that and they're just like, "Well, shit, 
let's release a Silent Hill game to see if we can capitalize on some of this, like, market craziness in terms of, like, not everyone can buy the $150 PS2 Silent Hill game, and no one wants to buy the Silent Hill remake that they did on PS3 because it's trash. Maybe they'll buy a new Silent Hill game so they don't feel left out. Uh, So Konami just kind of trying a little bit of everything to see if it works, so... I'm happy with some of these announcements. I do agree with you. I think they did probably one or three too many announcements for, for <laughs> Silent Hill. Uh, but we'll be playing Silent Hill. I think the Silent Hill remake is coming out in like sometime next year uh, because uh, Bloober Team's oh, really? apparently been working on it for two or three years. Uh, so it'll, it'll be pretty soon. Just, it was just so funny to see social media people like praising PlayStation for like, oh, look, this wouldn't happen if PlayStation didn't pay for it, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, you can't have my Call of Duty. I'm like, what? The funny thing is the people that are complaining don't even play Call of Duty, <laughs> which, which is I the know. best part. It's just like, or making fun of people for writing letters to CMA, which is weird as it is anyways, but don't make fun of people. Like, I, like there's a Reddit post or Twitter thread of somebody's letter to them. Like, just like, come on, like. If the tables were turned and Sony was buying Activision Blizzard, and this was going on, people like the Sony fanboys would be screaming. Oh, they would be celebrating. They'd be dancing in the streets. Yeah, but they'd be screaming if Microsoft was trying to stop them. Oh yeah, no. Oh, this big, this big megacorp, like oh blah blah blah. You can't release game. Why didn't you buy them? But then when the opposite, yeah, okay, never mind. I know, I know. It's going to be a long CMA arbitration process. Because uh, I didn't even put that in the news of the CMA. is like, we want to hear from the people. And it's just like, don't do that. You don't know what you're doing. Ugh. I think I started to tweet something about that. And I said, you know what? There's no really good way to do this. So let me just not do it. It's not worth it. I think it. that might have been like the one time that I like ex- <laughs> showed restraint, which I usually don't. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff. Just like, all right. So as of now, um, as we're getting closer to either nothing being announced, therefore nothing can be delayed. <laughs> Although I'm still holding out that Midnight Suns is going to get delayed again. It's too late now. I don't think that's coming. <laughs> all right. So what we're planning on watching. Um, I'll go first. Because uh, I think we'll transition together. I think you may have played some of this. I'm not sure. Um, so I finished Mario Rabbids, uh, Sparks of Hope, beat the boss. Very cool ending. Very well done. Um, overall, you know, very good, good structural story. I really enjoyed it. It's it's up there in, in some of my you know most enjoyed games of 2022. Granted, that's probably going to change over the next six to eight weeks because I'm try- tentatively trying to play like another four or five games. Um, but in terms of the five or six games that I've played, completed, and beat, it's in my top three right now. So very, very good. Um, main reason I've been 100%ing a couple of things is because I could take the Switch with me, and we were in the ER with Owen for like 11 hours. He's fine, but ERs are a mess right now, so do everything you can not to go to an ER. It's <laughs> my recommendation. And it has nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> um, and then I... I bought Gotham Knights. So um, as almost everybody that's listening to this show knows is that I have the patience of a three-year-old child. Michael can attest to this on a personal level as well. (laughs) There were chances or opportunities that we were going to get Gotham Knights for review. Um, You know, but being a smaller entity that we are, sometimes we have to wait, which is fine and and appreciative and and totally understandable. Um, But I got a new $1,500 toy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um 
and I have a couple friends that are pretty avid uh, on PC, and, and Michael's knowledgeable as well. So I started kind of just like the reviews of Gotham Knights were a little concerning to me, but I enjoy the comic book superhero stuff like we talked about, and I kind of felt like no matter what this was something cool that I wanted to see in, in the Batman universe evolve. I didn't really care what the reviews were going to say. I was going to do it for myself. Um, so then I started kind of looking around a little bit and hearing the 30 frames per second conversation. I'm like looking on how much it costs on PC. And again, I hadn't really delved into it. I've always heard of it. Never really paid very close attention to it. So Green Men Gaming had this game, had Gotham Knights for 50 bucks. Um full disclosure they can they accept uh paypal pay in four if that's a thing that you're worried about so like in terms of like hey i don't have 50 or 70 dollars to do this you could do pay in four if you wanted to i think pay in four is a really cool thing do i have 50 bucks right now sure do i have 12 dollars and 50 cents every two weeks and not to have to worry about taking 50 bucks from me right now yeah there's no interest there's no penalty so that exists the definitive version of the game is 20 dollars cheaper than the 30 frame per second version of the game yes that's fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> the regular price of the game on PC is $10 cheaper than um, the $70 version of the PS5 and Xbox Series games. Uh, you know, So I, I was like, all right, let's check it out. I wanted to I, – I, and, and it was very easy to buy it on Green Man. It linked automatically to my Steam account. I was able to do everything on my phone like I've done before on Xbox and PlayStation. I didn't really mess with this. I know some of you are probably like laughing. Like I don't delve into this PC world too much. I play games. I played games on my PC that were on Game Pass PC and I played, you know, free to play games like Destiny on my PC is kind of just testing it and messing with it and doing that kind of stuff. Um Michael told me today that I can put an in-game frame counter on my game. I didn't know that that was a thing, so I'll try to figure that out to see what frame what frames Gotham Knights is working at or not. Um but I I played like the first two hours and did some of the a little bit of the open world like nightly patrolling while you're collecting information, um, and I thought that the opening to this game was fantastic. Like, the, have you played this at all yet? No, I haven't had a chance to. I have it downloaded, uh, but I haven't okay. been able to because uh, another game I've been playing is taking up all my time. Right, the first thirty minutes of this game are awesome. Like most of you know the know the story the basis of this and if you don't but like seeing how batman dies is cool yeah like in terms of like the story and the narrative and the conversations between the characters um and you know kind of like this evolving uh this evolving narrative between the four characters between red hood and nightwing and robin and batgirl along with uh other characters is is fascinating um I did not expect this to be like a looter style game, which is a little, which is a little disappointing. And I, what I mean by a looter style game is you're picking, you're you're opening up chests, you're hoping for for gear in there. I haven't read or heard if there's like, oh, go do this specific mission and find this specific chest, you'll get this specific thing. I don't know if that's a thing or if every chest you open is a little bit of you know RNG dice rolls of things. I did not expect to be collecting materials for doing crime or for stopping crimes and then using those materials to be crafting different weapons like that part kind of fractures the batman thing to me versus like again when they did the arkham thing where he would kind of discover more things as he progressed in the game of finding pieces of his gear or finding things that could upgrade his current gear to make his bat his 
battering rang like uh, be able to freeze things because he just got done with the the Mr. Freeze issue like fighting through Mr. Freeze issues and he had a like a, a freezable tank that could be added to his stuff like the upgrades narratively fit the story versus this like I found this really cool thing in a chest or I crafted this like that part is a little cumbersome to me um, a little bit l not necessarily what I wanted um, driving the bat cycle feels a little floaty mm -hmm. but the combat is is at the entry level is is fun um, the momentum system is interesting like you build momentum by doing certain things um, you know combat wise and then you could execute a, a momentum move and as you go through your skill tree you can upgrade more momentum based activity uh, attacks um, as well as you have gear that generates momentum faster so some of it's like do you upgrade is this worth the upgrade do I wait a little longer is this affecting my gameplay that's the kind of stuff that I wasn't expecting from it and necessarily didn't want to think about it's one of the things that's I can only sometimes balance so many games together at once um, in terms of like, okay, am I, am I low? Is my loadout built correctly for me to go on this night patrol with Robin? Like that's not necessarily a thought that I was hoping to have with this game versus, Hey, you know what? I want to go do some cool, like acrobatic stuff with Robin and beat some, beat the crap out of a bunch of stuff that he just does naturally. Um, so that's, that's a little, dis a little disappointing and concerning to me, but it's still fun. Like, it's still a good, fun game. I'm about only about two or two and a half hours in. I've read that it's about an 11 to 13-hour experience. I don't know if that's an 11 to 13-hour experience per character. Or is it going to be worth playing it on the other characters? Should I be switching characters? Like, that part's not really kind of given to you. Um, so, to, to level up four different character skill trees sounds feels and sounds a little cumbersome. So, I'll have to kind of see where we're at with that. Um... But I'll put the frame counter on, and I'll play some more this week, and I'll stream some more, and we can, you know, we can have some fun as a community. It's, it's like a couple of you guys were watching me play before. Um, I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't love it yet. But I, I feel like I'm at early, early on. I, I'm agreeing with where this this game lives in the review scale of around a six to a seven, and that's not a bad thing. Like it's okay. No, it, the scales go to ten, so right in yeah, the middle is okay so, to be. Yeah. Um, I did mess around a little bit with Destiny. I got Destiny up to like 150 plus frames on my computer, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Some of the detail stuff. Um, I, I did see a difference. Um, not a, like, am I going to be like switching to PC? Like, no. Not unless the rumors of Discord voice integration coming to, to, to PlayStation are true. It's improved like, it on like Xbox. Closer than we think. You, if, I don't know if you saw yeah. that. They, they improved it on Xbox, or it's in the process. Yeah. Of being so if it if it gets if they can, if they can get the the Discord integration working, like I and and I could. It's part of the reason I haven't pre-ordered Lightfall like coming in February because I'm like, there's a part of me that would love to play this on my PC, but I'm only going to do that if I can still play with my PlayStation friends, and the best way to do that is through Discord. So Discord and PlayStation need to get their act together soon, please. <laughs> um, please, nah, just get it together. You announced, you publicly announced your partnership and your your stake in that company, and you let your competitor get their voice chat on their. I'm just so glad because I don't know if you saw the video where it's like, no, you get to see your Discord servers now in without using your phone on Xbox, and it's just like, mm -hmm. PlayStation, please do that day one. 
Like it took Xbox a little right. time to get there, but please I, I, do that. I guess day one. yeah. The alternative is the alternative is if Sony comes out and says, "Hey, Discord integration is coming January 1st, and you get this is you get the the same Discord experience on your phone or your PC as you get on console." Like if they can say that and deliver that, yes. then it then then it's worth the wait versus the little beta drip feed we're getting on Xbox. However, at this current time, if you're playing a game on Xbox, on a, you you can talk to your buddy across the country that's playing on his PC through Discord. Yeah. In the Xbox. So, and also Xbox has the ability for you to, to even if you're not playing a game on Xbox's system on, and you're playing a game on Steam, you can open up the Microsoft. Uh, app and join a party with an Xbox account with anybody that's playing on console. So, especially with the games as a service, Sony's games as a service coming to PC soon, they need to make sure that there's a way for PC and PS5 to talk to each other. Like whether it's Discord or making an app on the on the PlayStation or on the PC that works with the PlayStation. Yeah. Like and not be remote play. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so just a little bit of Gotham Knights, more um, Mario Rabbids, spending a significant amount of time setting this <laughs> setting this PC up. But again, you know, being very careful, strategic, and taking my time and making sure that I didn't mess anything up. So, and so far, that was that was my so week, far so, so. good. <laughs> um, all right, for me, uh, Overwatch Two has still been going strong. Um, Though, looking at how they're handling uh, microtransactions with the costumes and stuff, like, holy shit, do they want you to spend money? And if I wasn't someone who was able to transfer all of my costumes from the first game into the second game, I would probably be bummed out by, like, the grind that's implemented for, like, new players uh, in Overwatch 2. Uh, But I'm only doing competitive. I have all the costumes I want from the first game. So I'm not really looking at the new costumes for my characters because I'm happy with where my characters are visually. Uh, But that's Overwatch 2. Uh, That's just been in the few times that I have not been playing A Plague Tale Requiem, which came out last week and has Mm -hmm. been just eating up all my time. Uh, I ended up downloading it off Game Pass because it was a day one Game Pass game. So it saved me $60, though I'm probably going to buy a physical copy uh from the uh focus home store just because they have special cover art from the publisher directly so i'm probably gonna still pick up a copy uh but yeah uh all of my concerns about the sequel which i think i've mentioned on the show i was worried that they were going to scale too much uh and go for a way bigger story uh and kind of drag the game out i don't have those issues with this game after playing it uh, they found like a really good balance of scaling the story, giving you a bigger adventure, but not losing the core of what made the game, the first game so like entertaining and fun and enjoyable for me. Uh, they, they, they found a way to, you know, focus on the characters and have you basically traversing, not, not, not like globe trotting, but you were. In the first game, you're kind of just trying to leave the town you were in. And it was a really good 12-hour story that was focused and felt like it could have been a perfect one-off game. And then the studio could have moved on to something else. Uh, This one, you're traveling through multiple towns. You're going to some islands. 
Uh, it's not open world. It's still pretty linear, but it's pretty open in some areas. Uh, but I, I just don't want to spoil the story, so I'm trying to figure out best ways to talk about this. Uh, but we're still playing as Amicia. The thing that creeped me out with some of the marketing I saw is they're like, oh, unlike the other version, we can only put like 250 to 400 rats on the screen, and now we can put like 5,000 on the screen. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, the rat <laughs> tech has definitely improved. Um, and rat tech. And the game has done a good job, at least in uh, like... Uh, I'm already like done with it, but uh, early going, you don't deal with any rats or anything for a good like probably two hours, uh, which was uh, like a, a nice, interesting way of starting it because I thought they were just going to kind of try and hit the ground running and then have a reset. Uh, but instead, they you kind of you 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 get like a more stealth like experience uh, the first several hours uh, and. The stealth has been improved greatly. Uh, Hugo uh, gets some new abilities once rats are reintroduced, uh, which are very helpful for the stealth stuff. Uh, but this game just feels like uh, almost like a perfect sequel in terms of like, hey, we know what we did right in the first game. Stealth was fun. Uh, the upgrade system and like some of the combat stuff is basic uh, in terms of like upgrade ability uh, and that's okay. Like they didn't overcomplicate that system. Um, I, I love the way you upgrade now, uh, to where you basically upgrade based on your play style. So you'll have like, uh, it's like opportunities you take, uh, if you're doing more stealth or if you're doing more combat stuff based on how you play, the game will just drop a skill point into one of those buckets based on how you mm -hmm. played the level to make that play style easier for you as you progress through the game. Uh, which is a nice nice touch to where you're not really thinking about it too much. Uh, you still are, like, crafting your gear and upgrading it that way, and you do have to, like, seek out items to do that, which I'll say those items feel kind of scarce uh, because uh, upgrading did take a really long time, uh, but I never felt, like, weak or underpowered, especially because the game does rely on stealth. You know, the game doesn't really want you to get into too many combat scenarios, though you know when the game is pushing you in that direction. Uh, you can't really avoid it. Uh, but it does really want you to stealth your way through situations. Because, again, you're you're playing, like, I think Amicia is 15 or 16, and Hugo's, like, 6. So they realistically don't expect these two to fight an army. So you are relying on stealth, and you can fight your way out of most scenarios, but you can get overwhelmed because again, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a teenager and a child. So, you know, they don't expect mm -hmm. you to just like fight your way through it. Uh, if anything, you can bum rush your way through stuff in terms of like, yo, I'm just going to run to the exit and get by. Uh, and that's more acceptable than like, Oh, there's 30 people in this level. Cool. I'm going to kill each and every single one of them. Uh, the game's really not like expecting you to, to, to do that. Uh, but the story is still good because Amicia and Hugo are very endearing characters. We get some new characters that are introduced that are very likable. Uh, and I'm just happy that it doesn't feel like they drag things out too much. This is still like a probably 12 to 15 hours. I'd have to look at like the, the play clock, but I did look at like how long okay. to beat. It looks like most people were getting there in like 13 to 16 hours. Uh, so it, it, it's like the perfect like length for what you would want from the first game over into, uh, this game. Uh, I, I 
can't tell you how happy I am uh, with this game. Uh, and it's definitely up there in like my game of the year, uh, like contenders list, uh, which I'm still building. I still, I still have my, my, my live ranking uh, for, for game of the year that I, I keep running the entire year. Uh, but really excited uh, for more people to play this. Um, I do think you do need to play the first one to enjoy the second one. Uh, cause it is a continuation uh, of it. Uh, they do kind of an okay job to kind of like tell you like, Hey, this is the story, but I don't know if they do a good enough job that you can just jump into the second one and be like, cool. I know what's going on based off like a couple second recap or the dialogue that come up in the first hour. Uh, so for like, in your case, Dave, you'd probably want to pick up the first one if you were going to jump I'm into this. Yeah. I mean, I have it on PS plus, so I'm going to do it before. Yeah. Um, it's on the list of the 12 that I want to beat this year and and they're both like reasonable lengths you know it's like the first one 8 to 12 hours this one 12 to 15 Uh, it's a gradual increase to where now I went from the first one like they don't need a second game to where now after the second one I'm like this could be a franchise like I I, I would be Mm -hmm. fine with it Uh, it it gives me like Assassin's Creed vibes in terms of gameplay like the entire time me and Sarah have been playing it we're just like this reminds me of assassin's creed 2 up uh, this reminds me of brotherhood uh and just uh building on do the developers have assassin's creed roots no no they they do not okay. uh but like the the stealth the time period all feel like yeah, early yeah. assassin's curious, creed so. games uh which which is just uh though now it is a french studio so i wouldn't be surprised if some ubisoft <laughs> people did make it into this uh studio uh but yeah no this this game made me so happy like we we were playing it like i think the first night we played it like six or seven hours straight um and then every night since then it's been like two three hour sessions until you know it was wrapped up uh but yeah if if you have game pass totally worth picking up um this is a funny thing uh the game runs at 30 frames per second okay but it's consistent at 30 frames per second so there's a reason why people aren't talking about this the same way they're talking about gotham knights and this also is on last gen as well uh but it at least consistently hits 30 frames per second and it's not heavy action to where there would be reasons for it to really dip uh yeah but i also think that like the little bit that i saw like you you called it like the rat tech like I don't know if I want to see those things running at a higher frame rate. Oh, no, they're, they're definitely uh, scary. Uh, and, and if you've... I think if they tried to hit 60, they'd be criticized for, like, look at what this looks like. It just looks like waves. It looks like water. Yeah, no, it, I, there, there's some... There's cool rat stuff that I can't spoil. Uh, but, yeah, no, this, this game is one of those ones where it's a smaller studio, uh, you know, than, like, a big AAA studio. Uh, but they're able to work with what they have if that makes sense in terms of mm-hmm. they know their limitations they, and they, scale they, yeah they know their lane yeah and, and they're delivering like a really solid game that feels like a triple a experience even though you can see from time to time where they had to like maybe cut a corner or two but in terms of like how much they scaled from the first one it's it's really enjoyable to see this turn into like a franchise uh, so highly recommend it. Uh, if you don't have Game Pass, I think it's still worth the sixty dollars uh, uh, to pick it up. But if you do have Game Pass, you have like no excuse not to to download this. Uh, awesome. But that's it for me. All right. 
Uh, so uh, we're running a little long, longer than we like to. So questions and comments we're going to skip. Um, we also didn't ask for any this week because my Discord decided not to notify me when anybody says anything to me this week. So I get, and that's part of the reason. And Michael wanted to finish play tail record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's part of the reason why we're recording on a Wednesday. So. Um, yeah, keep an eye on the streams. I'm going to try to stream a little bit more. I'm probably, if I'm playing Gotham Knights, especially that I, since I bought it on PC, if I'm down here in the office playing Gotham Knights, there's probably not any reason for me not to stream it. Um, you know, so that's where, you know, where we'll be at with that. We got God of War coming up. I want to play Plague Tale Innocence and then I want to play Requiem, but I want to probably throw something in between there so I don't Plague Tale myself out. Like I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get through, uh, Elden Ring. Got, get, yeah okay get through Gotham Knights um, I don't know like in a perfect world I don't think this would happen but get through Gotham Knights maybe get through the first play tale before God of War but that's close right now Two with, weeks. The, with the yeah. time frame yeah it's not impossible but um, we'll see how that goes but then you know and then the the other play tale and then wrap it up with some other you know I think I still want to like look at like Death's Door and you know before the end of the year so um, but with that, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Digital Days Pod. You can follow my uh, myself at Good Dave Hunt. You can follow Michael at the First MJC. He put up a really interesting layered picture of his cat, like abusing him. Dude, it was like <laughs> eleven o'clock. Cat sleeping on a couch. I sit next to her, turn the TV on, start Overwatch. This cat wakes up, lifts her paw up to threaten me. Like I was just taking a picture because she was so cute, like wrapped up sleeping. And then as I'm, like, taking the picture, she just rises up, picks up her paw, slaps the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> because it was too late for me to play video games. That's the, those are the kind of things you can see if you follow at the first MJC. Yes, uh, being abused so by on, a 20-year-old cat. So. <laughs> like, uh, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, you can join our Discord server. Those links are in the show notes. Patreon is in there as well. That's the other thing I need to that maybe I need to squeeze in before God of War is um, Dante's Inferno. Yes, <laughs> um, that's only I'm disappointed though. That's only on Game Pass console. So even if I like if I wanted to stream it, I'd have to bring my Xbox down here. Yeah. So, but I think you would want me to stream it just to see my face. At least for the first like four hours, I, I just want I want a timer in the corner of your stream of like Dave is done, like how long till Dave is finished. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you can check that stuff out eventually when I play that soon on Patreon. Uh, so patreon.com slash digitaldaysgaming. And uh, with that in mind, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Keep moving forward. Don't be a dick. See ya.